This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Okay, you know what time it is. It's that time when I get a chance to share with you some of my favorite stories from the week. This is In The Mix once again. I'm going to start this week with something that I think many may be familiar with. A centuries-old treatment for burns and other medical conditions, aloe vera, has been used for centuries. You know, uh, in my family alone, we've used it everything from treating sunburn to rashes to wounds, uh, different skin conditions, sometimes simply as a moisturizer. And it's in a little bit of everything. And it can also help to ease digestive problems. Now, I wasn't aware of that, that some people have uh, taken it for things like heartburn and constipation or to reduce blood sugar levels in people with diabetes. I had no idea of the many uses of aloe vera because I'd always used it topical. Had no idea that there were those who were taking it uh, internally as well. Well, this raised a question because there was a recent study that said that um, there could be a risk of cancer with aloe vera. I'm like, wait a minute, what? How can this be? Something so common in everything that so many people use that we had not heard this before. So I had uh, a guest on the show named Dr. Frida Fisher, and uh, she broke it all down for me, and we had a chance just to talk about it, and here's part of our conversation. Welcome back, I'm Nick Smith. Just weeks after the World Health Organization listed aspartame as a substance that could possibly cause cancer, another item has sparked interest in whether it's safe aloe vera. It's found in many of our everyday products today. It includes lotions, deodorants, shampoos, and conditioners, amongst other things. Now, the WHO placed aloe vera on their carcinogenic hazards list back in 2016. It's ranked with other carcinogens like hazards like engine exhaust, gasoline, even pickled vegetables. Joining us now for more insight on this is medical expert Dr. Frida Fisher. Dr. Fisher, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Nick. Dr. Fisher, do I need to be worried about that aloe vera lotion, or is this something else where you're, you're going to tell us, in moderation, Nick, you're fine, just pay attention to the label? Nick, you've got it. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> in moderation. So aloe vera has many uses. It's a ubiquitous plant, and it has gels. It has a clear aloe vera gel, which you can find in sunscreens, lotions. It can help with acne, with psoriasis, with sunburns, for sure. But then there is an extract, this yellow sap called aloe vera latex that can actually, in mice, if taken orally, okay, if you swallow it, it can potentially cause cancer. There was a study, Nick, in 2013 that studied mice, and it showed that mice who took in a lot of the oral yellow sap in aloe vera had an increased risk for a rare intestinal tumor, but rats who took in a smaller amount did not develop the tumor. So again, this is an animal study. Now, some people do use aloe vera orally. They do drink it or they eat it. 
and it can be used as a laxative and it has some side effects where it can cause abdominal cramping. If you're someone who takes aloe vera orally, then you really do need to be careful. But studies show that it would take one gram every day in order for it to have really likely cancer effects or carcinogenic effects. So yes, it's something we should be aware of, but I don't want everyone to panic and start throwing away sunscreen. Dr. Fisher, is this how uh, these things usually work? You, When you find something that people are using, you say, you know what, let's test it in every possible way so that we can try to determine what uh, one of the uh, factors could be that cause problems so that people are aware. But if you're using it the way it's prescribed, Nick, you should be fine. That's really the case. And you know, we have so much data at our fingertips that we, in so many studies, that it really is a difficult balance in letting the public know possibilities of harm versus causing a great unnecessary panic. In the case of the World Health Organization, they organize possible and probable carcinogens in groups. You have a group of things that are definitely carcinogenic, things that we know from studies will cause cancer, like asbestos, smoking. And then you have the probable carcinogens, which may surprise you because red meat and working overnight are on the list as being probable cancer-causing agents. But then when you get to possibly carcinogenic, that's where you have some studies in mice, but you have a little bit of potential evidence in humans, and even cell phones, radioactive frequency from cell phones are in this possible carcinogen list. So the cell phones, aspartame, that artificial sweetener, and aloe vera, all on that list. I don't want anyone to panic, but just, yeah, moderation and be careful. Put down my lotion, my iPhone, and, and, and we'll put down the diet soda and, or else I'm in trouble. Dr. Fisher, is there something you would recommend as a substitute for those who may have concerns? You're like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll wean myself off of the aloe vera. What would you suggest? I would suggest that if you are actually someone who is, you know, squeezing aloe vera gel out and you're putting it in your smoothies or you're eating it or drinking it, I would say stop at this point and consult with your physician. If you're using it for a laxative, there are other laxatives that are much, much safer than this. But if you're using it topically and it's the clear gel, then I think you're fine. But as always, consult with your physician. But no panic. Everyone, keep calm and carry on. Dr. Frieda Fisher, I'm going to tell you this. If aloe vera is going to give me that skin, I'm going to go get me some aloe vera. Dr. Fisher, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I love that. Everything in moderation. And that's the case for everything, except when it comes to food, particularly fast food. And if you advertise something being huge and fantastic, it should be huge and fantastic. And one man is saying Taco Bell failed to do that. Yeah, where's the beef? This guy is accusing Taco Bell of false advertising regarding the amount of beef in his popular Crunchwrap Supreme and their Mexican pizza. Yeah, now according to a lawsuit that he filed on behalf of all New York State customers, uh -huh. The guy's name is Frank Chagusa. He says that because Taco Bell defrauded all these people, we should all be part of a class action lawsuit to get our money back because Taco Bell cheated us out of our beef because this crunch wrap and this Mexican pizza is not what it looks like on TV. It's not as big. There's not as much stuffing. There aren't as many beans. What's the deal? And he's asking for $5 million in damages. Mm-hmm. So, 
Like any other thing, we have to like look into this and see what this is all about. My guest and I had a chance to not only talk about it, but also try the rap ourselves. Well, expectation versus reality, the disappointment you see in an ad for a new fast food item, then you go buy it only to learn it looks nothing or even tastes nothing like what they said it would. That's especially what happened at Taco Bell. Customers were left asking, where's the beef? Or in this case, where are the beans? In a new class action lawsuit showing side-by-side -side comparisons, Taco Bell is accused of falsely advertising how much beef or beans it offers on two popular menu items, the Crunch Wrap and the Mexican Pizza. Now, back in June, the vegan Crunch Wrap was released. The company's press release of the new product stating the company took so long to release this vegan product because they needed to get it exactly right. Well, the release continued with this ironic line, let's admit it, we've all eaten plenty of products that don't taste great and certainly aren't craveable. A lawsuit like this isn't rare. Since 2020, over 200 false advertising suits have been filed annually. Just over a decade ago, only 53 were filed. News Nation senior story editor Paula Froelich joins me now in studio. Paula, do you think there's merit to this or is this just a lot of, you know, brouhaha over nothing? You know what, Nick? This is what I say. I call frivolous baloney skins on this. And let me tell you why. There are several reasons. Number one, this guy's lawyers are also known for suing McDonald's and Burger King and other places saying, again, as you pointed out, where's the beef? And they're also calling for a class action. And anytime I hear class action, I think, hmm, who's gonna get the money? Not the guy who paid 575 for that crunch wrap, no. The money is gonna go to the lawyers who get 30%. So they just want everyone to pile on. This is completely bonkers. And let me just point out, this is not a factory produced thing. This is not like you're ordering a Tonka trunk and the Tonka truck comes and it's like this big, but it right. said it would be this big. No, people make these fresh, and I use that term loosely, at Taco Bell. So it's the person who's preparing it. Now, what kind of research do they do? Do they go back to every Taco Bell right. and buy 50 of them and say, hey, all 50 are wrong? No, they did not. This is a cash grab. And here we go. I think we should grab in because you know what? I'm and take a, a look. El Juego fan <laughs> of Taco Bell. All right. So what we have here yep. is that wrap. Oh, wait. I think I... Oh, oh yes. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's... Delicious. Let's put it side by side next to the picture. We've got ours okay. here. And we do, we do. On, on, this is ours. Look, and there we go. Yeah, it looks like. Mm. But, yeah, okay, here's the deal. It's got everything in there. I'm seeing some meat. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing some veggies. And it maybe is not completely true, but also I will tell you, I am pals with some food photographers and they do a lot to fluff up those food photos. Listen, on you our know? website, I look 140 pounds, so I know the pictures can lie. Well, you know what? The camera adds 10 for me, so there we go. How many cameras do we have on me? Paula, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This is fantastic. You know mm. It tastes good, though. I will take this every day, all day. Boom. I agree. Sometimes. You and know, those 10 pounds will become real. There you go. The taste is in the proof of the pudding. There you go. Proof mm -hmm, is in mm -hmm. taste of the pudding. Paula, thank you so much. Thank you, friend. Boom. Boom. There we go. No lie. We uh, were... Talking about it, I started a bit. I took one bite of that Crunch Wrap Supreme, and shout out to Taco Bell. That thing was good, and I was hungry, and it was tasty. Now I will admit, it did not look like the thing on the picture. But like we talked about, those pictures are you know they're 
reproduced and they're, you know, they're photoshopped and the whole idea behind a food stylist and their job is to make things look really good and craveable. And I give Taco Bell a pass, you know, I, I, you know, we agreed, you know, sometimes it's not going to look like it does in the picture, but it can still be as tasty and I can definitely attest to its tastiness. And you know what else is tasty? What's also tasty is finding your true love. Yeah, I know. No, I'm not about to reveal that I just proposed or got married or something like that. But I can tell you that dating is tough. Dating is hard. And a new study talked about how so many young people just aren't into the idea of getting married, that they prefer to just date. Or they find it too much work and they're just throwing conventional practices out the window. And you might be surprised to learn that the gender leading this is actually women. 52% of women consider don't consider marriage a top priority. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to reach out to actually talk to a relationship expert about this and say, hey, what's the deal? Are young people just that over it? What's the deal? Why are women just done with guys and saying, you know what, just not going to deal with him and his foolishness anymore. I just don't want to be married to him or her and just don't want to do it. It's not a top priority. I'd rather focus on my career or on me and the things that are important to me. Well, Bella Gandhi is the owner-operator of Smart Dating Academy. It's nationally renowned. And and what she does is she talks about uh, some of the common dating questions and reminds people that one in three marriages happen because of online dating. So if you aren't convinced um, that dating and marriage and all that is for you, she says, you know what, we need to talk about that because love is out there and you need to be open to it. Bella Gandhi, founder of Smart Dating Academy, and I sat down and we talked about these numbers and what it means for relationships. The expectation of marriage has changed drastically here in the U.S. Once considered the ultimate goal for couples is now an outdated tradition. A new survey found about 40% of young adults agree that marriage is a dated concept, and 85% say they don't think they need to get married in order to feel fulfilled in their relationships. You may be surprised of what gender is leading this cultural shift. Over half, 52% of polled American women don't consider this their main priority. The reasons vary. Some say getting married is too expensive, others citing high divorce rates. But many women aren't rushing to walk down the aisle because they don't really think they need it. With shifting gender roles and expectations, many women are focusing on their careers and personal fulfillment, an option not typically afforded to women throughout history. But it isn't all doom and gloom. Here, Bella Gandhi is here. She's a relationship expert and founder of the Smart Dating Academy and host of the Smart Dating Academy podcast. She's joining me now because you have not given up on love and young people. Oh, I love love, and I love helping people find love. There, there's only hope out there. Bella, what's happening? Are young people just tripping? Have they not figured it out? They just want to bounce around because they have all the apps now? What's the deal? All human beings are wired to want to have a lid to their pot. Now, whether they say they want to get married or not, and in this survey itself, it said, well, 40% say marriage is outdated, but eight, over 80% still want to get married someday. So it might not just be the right time for them, but most what people really need to think about is 
finding the right person so they don't end up in those bad divorce statistics. 40 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce and second divorces in the 60s, third in the 70s. So we got to figure out what we're doing. So Bella, talk to me. What, at your teaching academy, what is, the dating academy, what is it that you do? How do you prepare uh, this single guy and single woman uh, to know how to date? First, we have to look at the checklist that they probably have. Everybody that's out there, the 48% of adults are unmarried, they have a list, right? And it's like, same person, different face, year over year, decade over decade, or three divorces later. What do you actually need to be happy versus mm. what do you just want? Sometimes good on paper isn't even worth the paper that it's written on. So we really have to dissect, how do you want to feel in a relationship? Is it only guys who uh, are, are superficial in this dating side of the thing, or is, it, uh, is there blame on both sides? There's, of course, we're all visual people, sure. right? Men are visual, women are visual, and dating apps cater to that, right? What do you have? You've got six photos to say, yes, I'd like to right swipe you, or no, I wouldn't. So we're all visual. And every guy by now knows to make sure you post a picture with a puppy. Right, but not a dead fish. But not a dead fish. <laughs> Bella, don't you give me in trouble in here. Listen, when, when we're talking about dating, what are some of the takeaways you want young people to know? Because you don't want them to give up on love. No, you have to have a plan. And you can't just expect that love is going to fall into your lap. It's like anything you do in your life that's big, you've got to have a plan and you've got to do something on a daily basis to get there. So if you've been dating people that aren't good for you, that have ghosted you, cheated on you, they're all red flaggy, maybe you've got family of origin stuff that you need to reconcile because that can have a profound impact on Last question I have for you, Bella. How do you meet people? In person, online, what's the deal? The majority of people today are meeting people online because it's easier. We move a lot for jobs. We may not have community. We work a lot, right? So swiping and meeting people on the apps is what people do. But everybody wants to meet somebody in the grocery store or at church. So get yourselves out there. Don't look at your phone. Smile and be receptive. Gray hair and the beard mean I'm too late for love? No, you're all good. Oh, okay. I'm going to hold you to that. You do. Bella and I had so much fun. Um, you know... When we when we broke it all down, it can't, comes down to this. Listen, take your time. Don't overtalk. Be receptive to think outside the box. Online dating works for some. It doesn't work for others. When you are open and receptive to love, love will find you. Trust me, it's out there. I'm going to end today's show with a personal note. Uh, you know, I, I, we've talked about it before and I've shared this. Um, I'm originally from the South. My mother's family is Georgia. My father's family is Mississippi. So I spent a lot of time growing up, uh, in the South and, you know, we all have different experiences. I can tell you that as an African-American growing up in the South, uh, there are different things that I've taken away, uh, from life and, uh, the people with whom I've interacted that have just stuck with me. I was always surrounded by love, and that love was reaffirmed not only by my family, but by my church and my community. I'm aware of the history of the South. I'm aware of uh, the perception uh, that many have of the South, and Mississippi in particular, which is why the story I'm closing out with uh, hits such a personal note, and that's the uh, dedication of a monument to Mamie 
Till Mobley and her son Emmett Till. On July 25th, President Biden um, signed a proclamation creating uh, the Emmett Till and Mamie Till Mobley National Monument. You'll remember that Emmett Till was a black Chicago boy. Um, he was 14 years old in 1955, and he came down to Mississippi to visit relatives. And that's when he was lynched uh, by two white men. Uh, at the time, Mississippi, as you know, was segregated. And they accused him of whistling at a white woman. Now, nobody was ever legally held accountable for his lynching, um, but that moment really helped to galvanize the civil rights movement. Uh, Mamie Till is uh, well known for having held his funeral services uh, with the casket open uh, so that people could see uh, his mangled and beaten body and what the lynching of her son had done to him. The images were stark. Um, they were um, remarkably uncomfortable. And it's something that I believe is seared into the consciousness of every Mississippian. I share this because I find it um, necessary to... <sighs> this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Sometimes talk about the uncomfortable and recognize that we really are a community that does best when we recognize the mistakes of our past. One of the ways of recognizing the mistakes of the past is to um, own it and commit to doing better from it. So I share this not to conjure up bad feelings for anyone else, but to recognize um, the moment in history, the importance of Mamie's decision to share her son's um, body with the world and its place in history for the civil rights movement. Here's part of that story that aired on News Nation with my co-host, Nicole Burley. Today, President Biden signing a proclamation designating a national monument in honor of Emmett Till. The 14-year-old was abducted, tortured, and then murdered in 1955 after being accused of whistling at a white woman in Mississippi. The monument will also honor Emmett's mother, Mamie Till Mobley, who played such a pivotal role in bringing her son's fate to a national audience, and she fought to keep her son's story alive. President Biden, speaking earlier today, said it was difficult to, quote, temper his anger in preparing his remarks. No matter how much time has passed, how many birthdays, how many events, how many anniversaries. Uh, it's hard to relive this. It brings it all back, we were talking about Rev, as if it happened yesterday. Today we join together as I sign a proclamation designating Emmett Till and Mamie Till Mobley National Monument in both Illinois 
and the Mississippi. The president choosing today, the day which would have been Emmett Till's 82nd birthday, to make this announcement. So joining us now is Dr. Kay Whitehead, professor of communication, African and African-American studies at Loyola University, Maryland. Uh, Dr. Whitehead, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for allowing me to join you today. So obviously, th this is very historic. There's been this recent resurgence uh, of Emmett's story in the national zeitgeist here. Why now versus at any other point in the nearly seven decades since he was murdered? I think we are right to have this moment. We have been pushing for some form of justice, for some form of monument, some type of memorial to mark this moment. I think it's important that we stop now while we're thinking about critical race theory, while we're thinking about African-American history, while we're thinking about the future of this country and where we go from here, this is the moment when we have been wrestling with what happened to Emmett Till across four generations. My grandmother cried about Emmett Till. My father remembers where he was when Emmett Till was murdered. I remember him telling me, and then I had to shoulder that burden, and I've taught my son. So that's four generations of a Black family that has been wrestling with the history and the memory and the horrific tragedy that marked the death of Emmett Till. So this is the time, and President Joe Biden is definitely stepping into this moment and marking what the family has been fighting for for years. Yeah, and Doctor, you know, they've had to make some of these memorials bulletproof, as you know. Is that the right thing to do? And what does it say to you, I guess, about society as a whole that that, that does have to happen? But well, we know that we have in our society, the foundation is, is built on white supremacy, on racism, on a hatred of black people and the history of hatred against black people. We have to make these memorials bulletproof. We have to put shields around them because there is a fight to erase the true history of our country. We cannot force feed our children lies about this country. We have to take the good, the bad, and the ugly that makes up who we are. That's how we come to grips with it. That's how we think of the past. And that's how we unravel who we are at this moment. The ugliness of this moment is the fact that we have to make them bulletproof. The truth of this moment is we have an opportunity to talk about it and confront it. Yeah, and the talking about it uh, is so important. Doctor, so this this moment, obviously, this memorial recognizes both Emmett uh, and his mother, Amy, uh, of which, if not for her, you know, many people would not know Emmett's name or, or would have been long forgotten. How vital was her role in all of this? Uh, I have, in so many ways, uh, thought deeply about Mamie Till. I'm, I'm a boy's mom, like Mamie Till, raising two African-American sons and wanting to embrace them, protect them, shield them, stand up for them until they're able to stand up for themselves. Mamie Till lifted up her son when he was alive and at the moment where his spirit needed her the most, which is after he was murdered, telling the world, I am going to mark this moment, open the casket so the world could see what they have done to my baby. That, that's a moment of courage. That's a moment of power and tenacity, and one that we as mothers take as a sign of courage, because not every mother can step into that moment and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow you to forget. You will see my pain, and you will sit with me in this space, and you will do it forever, because Mamie Till made sure we never forgot. I was just going to say that. I mean, seeing her grief, you know, nearly seven decades ago, it still resonates in 2023, uh, and it will never be forgotten. Uh, Dr. K. White, had we we certainly appreciate your time. Thank you. I don't think it's possible to have lived or spent any time in Mississippi and not be familiar with the story. I never uh, knew the Till family, but like everything in Mississippi, 
Everything is six degrees of separation. As I believe that to be with all of us who may or may not be from the South. We are all here, we're all here together, and we are much more alike than we are different. And I do believe that as a country, uh, we can do better than some of the mistakes that we continue to make. But as long as we are collectively engaged in the process of learning, I know that we can live up to the great ideal of what America is and promises to be for everyone, right? And that's why we do In The Mix, so that we can talk about these stories and talk about the fun stuff, some of the silly stuff, Taco Bell, leave Taco Bell alone, and bring me another one of those crunch wraps. Can you bring it in time for next week? <laughs> that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much, and I'll see you here again next week. Don't forget, you can always watch me and my Morning in America family on News Nation weekdays starting at 6 a.m. in the East, 5 a.m. Central. Don't know where to watch us? Go to www.joinnn.com. Enter your zip code and the channel finder will show you the broadcast channel we're on in your area. And remember, we're also on all the streamers, Hulu, Roku, and YouTube TV. This is Nick Smith. And thanks so much for joining me for this edition of In the Mix with Nick Smith.